So post-Ramadan, it's usually a very interesting time for people. It's a time where some people are thriving. They're literally doing just fine. They're continuing coasting off of Ramadan. Everything is in in the good, right? Everything is in the green. Everyone is still progressing and making their natural ibadah and all those things. And some people are starting to slip down that slippery slope, maybe even get a little depressed. And it just starts to not feel so good, starts to feel a bit negative, and they don't know how to get back that really good feeling they had in Ramadan, or maybe they never had one to begin with, but they definitely don't want to return back to their old selves. In this podcast, we're definitely going to be addressing how we kind of handle that here and also touching a bit on world events. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, bringing you podcasts two times a week now that Ramadan is over. I know there was like a big high where we were doing like three times a week, but two times a week now that Ramadan is over um, on topics that you guys love, like marriage, relationships, parenting, life hacks, all that really, really good stuff, love. And I'm actually coming up in June. Many of you will be excited to know we are reopening our free um, marriage class on how to find a spouse. This is where we have had just an incredible amount of feedback from you guys of how much you're loving it and benefiting you. And I have a surprise about that in a second. We're going to be doing a free challenge. We've done it before on Facebook. We'll probably be doing it on Instagram. No need to sign up. It'll probably just show up on my Instagram. But inshallah, um, nice, happy note. And then I'll jump into like the whole Aiden post Ramadan thing. Um, in that program, we work with so many women on how to find a spouse. And a lot of women that come into the program, they're um, they're having a lot of like need for clarity on how the process goes. Because we notice that the majority of Muslims don't do it right in terms of um, they just follow their culture. They follow what their parents are saying. Or maybe they've been divorced and they don't know why things didn't work out or they kind of do know why but they don't want to repeat it the second time Uh, or maybe their parents and they want their children to be married the right way so they go and they take that knowledge it honestly is for everyone for divorcees and for um parents and for young women looking for the first time so um because i myself made the program and then i'm i i kind of at some point have fallen into all of those categories and so anyway, in the program, it's always really nice when we always get notifications from women that they've found spouses and they're getting married. And one in particular, she was only one state away. So right after I, I got to attend her um, her party, actually, I think she had a henna. And then inshallah, I will be attending her wedding um, in just, um, I think, a week and a half. So that is surreal, very exciting to know that um, she went through the program and then in the end, you know, to actually get to physically see her in her moments of glory. And it's just, it's really, really so touching. And the fact that I get to be there physically, she was very, very close because I'm in the States, you guys must know. And um, so anyway, alhamdulillah, so that's really exciting. Um, that was fun at that uh, I think we did like a small henna or something and then we're going to go to the wedding as well. So very exciting, so excited that it's really been benefiting so many of you. And in June, um, inshallah, bismillah ta'ala, we will be opening up. I think we're going to start the wait list for the free class um, maybe next podcast. I'll, I'll put it up here. All right, so let's get into um, Ramadan and post-Ramadan and the Eid. So in our Eid, we kind of, I went off the grid for a couple of days. A lot of guys, if you were following my Instagram, 
or you're normally in Thrive or anywhere else and you're like, oh my gosh, I sent her a message. Usually she gets back within 24 hours. I noticed it's been like 48 hours or whatever, 72 hours. I took about three days straight and I just to relax and be with my family. And that is something I literally never do. If you know me at all, I'm pretty much on, on, on six, seven days a week. And a lot of people don't know that this work that I do to help and support women is probably 10 to 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. It's not a short thing. When I say 10 to 12 hours, it's like, I'll do a chunk of five hours here, five hours here, maybe two hours here, two hours there. It's really just um, like, you're, you guys are really in my life and I'm constantly connecting with you and supporting you through our courses, through our classes, through our book clubs, through Thrive, through so many places. So I gave my entire team and myself just a couple days to connect with family and, and get off of social media. And I think that's really important for people. Um, a lot of people are looking for connections. They can go into social media for that and that's good. But sometimes there's people right in front of you, your loved ones. And not everybody might get along with everybody as best as they wish, but how can you ever get along with people if you never just put the phone down, right? So that's what we did. We went to Lake George. Um, I actually videotaped all of it. The parasailing, swimming, um, games, you know, we went out and ate, went into the, the town there. And before in the other, I think the only other aid video I did on YouTube was in 2019 where we did it in New York City. You could always go check it out. Went to some famous hot spots in New York City. Um, this time we did like a very different one where it was just like, it was like nature, lakes, mountains, total difference. And I, have that, I think we all needed that. And so I'm back very excited to be back with you guys. But yeah, we definitely took a bit of a hiatus for it. And then now we're just trying to like catch up and make sure we get back to all your messages. If I haven't messaged you back yet, just want to tell you that's why. And um, you should be expecting to hear back from me soon. Okay. So today's podcast is kind of about like post Ramadan. How do you handle it? And it's really not easy sometimes for some women because we have all different types of women out there. Some people have had an amazing Ramadan, absolutely amazing. And right now, post-Ramadan, they are continuing. Because for the people who their Ramadan has been accepted, usually some of the, the signs were told us like that there is a change in you or they're able to easily carry on things that they were doing in Ramadan after Ramadan. It's a very good sign that it was accepted. There is no like for sure thing that you can find for anywhere, guys. But these are, these are definitely signs that were... Um, conveyed to us. And so for some people, they're doing good, right? And then there's some people who are like, they did great in Ramadan, but now they feel like they're losing it. They're losing the dakhir, losing the good. They're like feeling like they're going back into their old bad habits, back into like the binging of whatever social media they used to do. Maybe some negative feelings are creeping in, or maybe some people never had a good experience in Ramadan at all. You know, every Ramadan, we invite people, we invite them to be with us. And in this year, like many years before, we have our Ramadan recharge program. And with the women inside that were there, it was really just 30 days of just huddling together and getting really close and deep conversations because we had like something like 20 plus lives and women got to meet each other. It was so cute. Some of them DM me recently about how they made friends. And then like now they're hanging out on their own time with them as well, but they also come on the platform. So it's really, really sweet to see that we all got to feel so supported and so connected. And 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 that was the that's the purpose of the program on top of obviously getting close to Allah and getting taqwa. But some people they just chose to be all alone in the Ramadan time. And they're messaging me now, like, oh my gosh, I'm still in this deep dark place. And that's why you be encouraged women to come out of your shell, be with other women. The benefits are immense. And so anyway, I wanted to say today's podcast, we're talking about 
just want to give that update of like what's been going on, where we are. And um, we're going to talk about like post-Ramadan, how can we keep it strong? What am I doing right now to make sure that I am just keeping the good and make sure I'm transitioning into a really good post-Ramadan routine? I'm very excited to tell you guys that I think today will go up my morning routine, my post-morning, uh, my post-Ramadan morning routine. It's going to be a very teeny, teeny short video on Instagram and a post. It's just going to be like, what are the top things I do in the morning to feel like super positive and connected and everything with Allah. And that'll be in the, in the form of a little video so you get to see me in my house. Um, and then I, of course, in the post will list what I'm actually doing so you can see. And we're going to have a follow-up um, maybe at the end of the week or the beginning of the next week for my evening routine. And I'll show you the same myself with my kids, my husband, kind of like what we're doing. So look forward to those on Instagram. And if you're not already following us there, definitely give us a follow so you can catch more of these things. And um, so post Ramadan, I want to get into, and I just released a YouTube video. And the reason I'm telling you guys is because some people are podcast listeners, but they're not aware of what we do on other platforms. And they really would like to see visuals because you're doing audio, you're listening. Some people like to see visuals. And some people like on podcasts have DM me and like, oh my gosh, like a year later, I didn't realize you had a YouTube channel. I didn't realize you had a whatever channel. Now, um, like Instagram and podcast, best place to reach me. But in the past, um, I, I started these things, didn't go crazy into them, but now I'm definitely um, kind of kicking them into high gear for the rest of the year, inshallah, so you'll see some things. My Eid vlog will go up soon, and uh, yeah, we just put one on similar to what I'm talking about today, so definitely go check it out for some visuals. So today we're going to talk about post-Ramadan. So number one, before Ramadan ends, before Ramadan ends, you should have had a plan for transitioning into Ramadan. I mean, for, for post-Ramadan. What do I mean by that? So like, again, one of the things I do in Ramadan Recharge, and you guys, shout out to you guys, you guys know, um, in our program is the last week, I huddle the women together and I'm like, okay, actually every week I huddle them together and I'm like, all right, like, so how, how are your goals going? Like, you know, is this going well? Is that not going well? Like what's going on? And we check in, check in, check in with them. But on the last week we say, okay, look, we're about to send you off on your way into the into the world, right? The shaitan is going to be unleashed all the nefs and everything, it's going to be back to like some diff more difficult things. How are you going to transition? How are you going to keep yourself to keep some of the gains from Ramadan and keep them after Ramadan? So we instantly, before it ends, do this. And I suggest if, if you didn't do it this year, that's fine. From now on, take that last week to make a plan. Now, let me tell you what one example might sound like, because I love examples. I, I used to have a friend, and every time, because I'm a, I'm an educator at heart, right? I'm a licensed educator. I would always tell them a story, and I'm like, for example. And they're like, what's with all the examples? I'm like, people need examples. So that's just me. Um, so basically, um, you know, with, with um, you know, let's say pretend Ramadan, you did eight rakat of tarawih prayer. So what am I going to do with that after Ramadan? A lot of people do all these night prayers, and then when Ramadan ends, they don't do any night prayers. I don't know why that is. So my, um, it's supposed to get you like, the purpose of Ramadan is to get you to have like a really great year. It's the beginning. It's not the end, right? It's just the beginning. Like you fueled up to go on a long journey for the rest of the year until the next Ramadan. So you should be super fueled up right now. And then just like, it's not like you're going to be like taken off down the street and then the car dies. Everybody gets out the car and everybody just goes on their own way. No, you're supposed to be in the, in the, the vehicle going on your new uh, life changing behavioral journey, right? And so hopefully 
Ramadan has given you some better habits. So for example, I remember one year with my husband, we did eight rakat tarawih, right? Like we always do that, but we said, okay, this year we want to make sure that we keep four that we do together every night. So that's what we did. We took four and every night we did four together. And that we did that until the next Ramadan. And then we held on to it. And what we did from there is we, sorry, I hit pause for a second. Basically, um, we kept it for the rest of the year. And then the next Ramadan came. And so we were ready. We're praying the four, uh, four, four rakat together at night. Wouldn't be called tarawih. It'd be like a qiyam, right? And so we were like, all right, cool. Like, let's add on something else. So all Ramadan, um, like we made sure that we prayed before Fajr together, like before Fajr. Since you're up for Suhoor anyway, right? Like two, four, six rakat together as husband and wife. And so post-Ramadan, we're like, we're going to wake each other up before Fajr every year, excuse me, every day, and we're going to do two rakat together and then pray Fajr together. And so we did, and we did that for the whole year. Just two, just two rakat. Come on, it takes two minutes. If you can't do it, that just means you don't want it, right? So we were like, we and we would push each other. And so the next year, we were like, okay, cool. So we kept our four. We did, you know, it's like the stairs method, and I talk about it in the YouTube video that's coming in, that's uh, out recently. And subhanAllah, like my point is, before Ramadan ended, we made a plan together. Before Ramadan ends, I make plans with the women in our program. So if you are already struggling with this, it could be because you didn't do that. You didn't have an easy transition. But no worries. If that's your case now, all I want you to do is I want you to just take note of the gains. Like you could put a column, like a T-chart, okay? Just make like a column on the left, column on the right, and the line in the middle. On the left, you can title that column like, you know, great things I want to take away from Ramadan. And maybe you can have just a couple bullets, a couple numbers of things that you really loved. I love that I was reading Quran more. I love that I was calmer. I was less angry. I love this. I love this. Then on the, on the column on the right, how am I going to maintain this? And this is the key. You have to be realistic. I was doing, let's say eight to 12 rakat during Ramadan. I'm not going to do that. And during the year, that's just not realistic because life happens and it's, it's just, it's just super intense in Ramadan, but I still want to do the night prayer. Like, I'm not going to limit myself. Don't get me wrong. There might be some nights where I'm going to do eight anyway. But at least the point is consistency. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the consistency. Well, how can I do that? For my husband and I, the way I put in my chart, the way I could do it is I needed help. I needed support. So I'd be like, my husband and I can do it together. We don't have to do eight. <clears throat> we can do four. You get me? It's really important that you think about how can you actually do it, not just pretend it's going to happen. All right, so I suggest just give yourself at least one or two things that you're going to hold on to for the rest of the year. Don't bombard yourself with many. For me, it's always one or two. Usually one might be personal and the other one might be um, something spiritual. Number two suggestion I give you is whatever you're going to do post-Ramadan, do it right away do it right away. So for me, for example, I know a lot of women do weight loss in Ramadan and I, I help you guys with that. I have like the, the, um, the books that we give and all the eBooks that many of you guys have benefited from, especially in the program that we had tons of bonuses that we gave away on these things. So like how to stay motivated, how to have, um, Hoshua and Salah, like all these different things. And one of them was health and weight loss. And a lot of you guys benefited for me. I don't actually like do dieting or anything in Ramadan. That's just not me. And I don't really like find that works for me. And that's not 
like I want to focus on the ibadah aspects and things. But post Ramadan, because what happens is in Ramadan, we actually have so many carbs. Like even though we want to pretend it's not going to happen, in my husband's culture, they have so many carbs. If we really sat down one year, we were like, oh my gosh, you you eat so many carbs in your culture. And he's like, yeah, I know. And then like, so, but the thing is like, they're nostalgic. So we have done like healthier versions of them, but they're still carbs nonetheless. So at the end of Ramadan, I always feel like I had a bit of a carb fest, even if I like really ate healthy at the end anyway, had soups, had fruits and stuff and veg, like it doesn't matter. I still feel like I had a carb fest. So right now um, I knew that was going to happen. Um, I'm actually doing keto and I don't do keto. Like I don't think keto is a sustainable lifestyle. That's just my personal opinion. You could totally like think it is. Um, but I, because you're so limited on the fruits and vegetables and things that you can eat long-term, I didn't find it sustainable for myself, but for short-term wins to do that with like some type of intermittent fasting or something, just to quickly get yourself back to your general body weight or things like that. For me, that's always been helpful. So I do that just for a couple of weeks and I go right back in. So I knew that was going to happen. So I instantly went and I changed the food in the fridge right away. Or I knew I wanted to go right back into a workout regimen. Boom. I gave myself a couple days, maybe two, three days, and I didn't let it go further than that. And boom, I went straight into my workout regimen. Again, I plan these things before Ramadan ends. So right now, what I want to suggest to you is one, transition into things, right? Transition into things that are easy and realistic and two, transition into them right away. These are the secrets to maintain your gains, right? And then lastly, I like to brainstorm all the things that I am going to do. And then just one by one, start to make timelines and plans on how I'm going to knock them out. So if you guys watch my YouTube video, you're going to see that I go into like different areas of my life. I think one of them was like health and fitness and, or, or maybe one of them was fitness and food. I think I put them into two separate categories because I wanted to make like a workout plan for myself that was different. Because when I come off of Ramadan, I am weak. I don't know about you guys, even though I'm a naturally healthy person and you might not be into working out or anything, but my body just generally feels weak because I haven't been doing any like exercise extraneously. So when I went to go back and work out yesterday or the day before, it was like, woo, it was not as easy, but I knew that and I had to take it easy on myself and I don't lose hope. And I'm just like, it's all right. It's going to be that way for the first couple of days or a week or whatever. Alhamdulillah. And so with the food, I made sure that I quickly switched out the fridge, cleaned out the freezer for Ramadan, like really like that Sunday. Cause I think it was, like, it was midweek, went in on Sunday and just did a whole fridge clean out and swap over and, um, you know, made a plan to keep any of the food we haven't used in terms of the freezer and what I can plan to do that. But right away, put in a ton of things that were more towards what my goals were. And then lastly with that, with, the, um, I think another category I had was um, like my kids, noticing that the weather's changing. I wanted to do some things outside with them, homeschooling, how I'm going to change that. I had some projects in the house, different things like that. So my point is take a notepad and kind of do like a bit of a brain dump. And I know that's a horrible word, but it is. What it is, you just go on the notepad and you start writing down all the things that now that you're not fasting anymore, you want to be able to do. And if you're in the six days of Shawal, fasting the six days of Shawal, and you're able to do that, that's really great too. Doing that, you know, you could do them, you know, you can go check the scholars. Some say um, you don't have to do it straight. You could break it up, up to you, whatever you want to do. But the point is, this is an immense time of Barakah still, and you don't want to lose that steam. So right now, get in, I have projects that I want to do, wrote those in. I realized that because of Ramadan, we were isolated for 30 days from people more so because we're tired we're fasting we're not going out just injecting some things with family the way we could see other people we're about to do some travel yeah in Shalbiz and Ta'ala not even I think maybe within a month or something we're going to Ethiopia 
Yeah, very, very exciting. So in Chalabas, I know so many of our listeners are from um, Ethiopia, um, Somalia, Eritrea, Yemen, all these different areas. And so it's really, really great because there's a bit of a mix of culture. And um, so we're going there. We're going to go do um, some vacationing and do a, a wedding, um, an act, excuse me. And so exciting, not for myself, for another family member. And so excited there. And then from there, we're going to probably head on to Turkey, um, inshallah, business ta'ala. I think we are going to go to Ant- Antalya to do the second part of my surgery. I know you guys knew I had a surgery and you guys were so supportive. I actually took a ton of footage for Turkey. Didn't get to put it up yet because it is so much footage. And it was difficult traveling in Turkey. And you're going to see that when I put that up. It was difficult traveling in Turkey and COVID. It was not that fun, to be honest. Um, but inshallah, business ta'ala, because... Um, Antalya is going to be more open space. Again, if you're suffering with COVID and that whole thing, go to open spaces. So it's going to be like beach, open space, things like that, water. It's going to be better. So Alhamdulillah, I just hope you guys take these big three tips, which is basically to review again. One, pre-Ramadan, you should have a transitional process for yourself. Like I do in a notebook, I do in a journal, I do in a program, I do with other family members. We actually have a powwow sit down. Yes, I'm not corny. That's okay because that's why we're striving right now. We're doing really well. And then number two, um, you know, you want to make sure Whatever changes you make to switch, you do it right away. Don't do some inshallahs there because it's never going to happen. And number three, get all of those ideas and feelings and things out of your head. Now, if you're struggling right now with bad, negative emotional thoughts, make sure you're journaling. We have a four-point system. Many of you are benefiting from that. It is really something within five to seven minutes, you can just take yourself quickly out of that. If you're not sure what I mean by that, because a lot of my Thrivers know, shout out to my Thrive sisters, and we have that there in the vault for them as a downloadable and they just boom go and do it um if you're not sure dm me on instagram and i'll definitely try to help you out you guys definitely definitely please do also leave us a review because it really helps other women know that this is a space they can come to to get sincere and earnest help and support and i know a lot of you guys are like super super loyal listeners and we thank you so much i read every single one of your comments i haven't been shouting a lot of you guys out but i think i'm going to start to again soon shall this inside all right lastly i wanted to just touch on um, uh, Fetisin and all the different things going on right now. And you know us, we, we don't like to get into politics a lot here. Between politics and vaccines and COVID, it's a really it's a really rough spot to talk about because I find that our, because we serve so many countries and there's such a diversity, it's not easy to talk about those things. And we don't really do those topics anyway. We leave those to the experts on those different topics. But what we will say, is, you know, when it comes to things like humanity and about our brothers and sisters in Palestine, I think you've seen more than ever people are sharing like crazy on Instagram. And I know there's some people that are loving that. They're like, yes, we're finally getting attention to this issue. And there's some people who are like, I don't want to see this stuff anymore. Between all the the parents losing their kids, and the buildings falling, and just the crying and the screaming and the rockets. I don't want to see this anymore. But here's the thing, guys. Um, I think this is it's been escalated as as the world has seen you know more than it has in a long time, but also um, our brothers and sisters in Palestine are getting attention more than a long time, and they really need it. And this might be a chance where we can actually do change and pressure the world. So the truth is, just like the whole Black Lives Matter movement, right? When it kept going and going and going, and you thought it was just going to be like a week or two or three, some flash thing on on Instagram, you know, everybody was doing this for a moment, or like whatever different, you know, thing that came out, you know, we all change our, our pictures or, or whatever, their logo things on Instagram and whatever it is, IDs. And, and uh, at the end of the day, 
it's it keeps going and but that's good because that's how much change came out of the black lives matter movement people got arrested people were accountable um you know rules changed things got noticed that weren't being noticed that's what we want for our sisters and brothers in felicity but how can you help what can you do your world away i mean like it's a really complicated situation what can i do well let me just give you quick quick tips as we end here on exactly what you can do and what you shouldn't be doing what you shouldn't be doing is um you know fighting with people try your best not to fight with people too much it doesn't usually benefit i know you want to change other people's opinions but usually fighting about it or screaming about it or getting emotional or angry doesn't change anyone's opinion it just makes them more upset so if you're going to talk to somebody about the topic who might not agree with you try to do it in a gentle way um fighting definitely will not help the conversation even though for you you feel like i have to let it out it's not really positive and productive so definitely don't fight with people and instead you know just have a more calm conversation if you can't have it you might want to step away until you can um number two um don't get into this whole free mixing thing i know there's this trend where like guys and girls come together and they're singing Palestine songs and they're like da, da, da. this is not from the sun and this is not acceptable please guys don't get confused it's good to come out in droves and go in the streets and let people know but be really careful that you're not doing songs with music and mixing and men and women because this is not going to be happy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is not acceptable so I want you guys to be like go out and get out and have fun and and definitely support your brothers and sisters but do it in a way that is aligned with the Quran and Sunnah which means like if I'm a woman I'm doing it with groups of women if I'm a guy I'm doing not that I'm a guy right <laughs> I'm doing it with groups of guys um try to avoid things of like music and celebrating and stuff because that's not that's not usually how these things are done and then number three just really um you know don't neglect your ibadah. Now that Ramadan is over, keeping your du'as and your salah and everything will only help our brothers and sisters more. It should be more of a motivation to keep these things that I talked about the whole podcast because it will only elevate our brothers and sisters who have passed and will only give them more victory and strength as we continue to keep our character straight first. So going internally and really saying, gosh, you know, if I put myself in a great place with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's more likely that my du'as will be elevated and all these things. So that's a great way to help them indirectly. And then more directly, obviously lastly donate donate to a cause that you know is directly helping our brothers and sisters on the ground it is a really intense time this is a historical time like many historical times in Palestine and obviously I'm not just trying to focus on Palestine there's many places in the world right now that are truly suffering may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring ease to all of our brothers and sisters may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give those who have died Jannah al-Firdaus and forgive them their sins may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to be supporters of our brothers and sisters so on the day of Yom al-Qiyamah it is not that we turned a blind eye and that we were there for them and we want it for our brothers and sisters what we would want for our own selves and our own families may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them a swift victory may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala end the senseless killing and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us again to help our brothers and sisters and put them in a place um, of victory because this is something where if one part of the ummah hurts all of us should hurt may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you guys have an amazing week ahead so happy to be back with you now excited to come out with all these great things we have a book club oh my gosh i'm going to put it in the link below um reclaim your heart yes me Jahed's book we're starting it in just a week or two or three whether you are looking for love you're already married it doesn't really matter because all of us together talking about self-love self-worth relationships love healthy love this is really great conversation for women all right talk to you guys then don't forget to get in below and to join the waitlist for the book club. Assalamu alaikum.